Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Hello and welcome to this week's programme. I'm Simon Clark, And I'm Kiri Kermood. And a good one again today because uh, you talk with uh, Mr Hamilton from Northern Ireland about, well, a wonderful diversification, if I can say it properly, um, from scratching his head at the dinner table with his wife and family. This is it. Back then when times were hard, things had to change and the farm wasn't doing overly great and he'll be the first to admit it and they changed into making the mash direct, which we see in the supermarkets now. Mashed potatoes, veggies, different types of forms, ready made for you when you come home from work to cut out that time and peel and spuds and waiting for them to boil. And... um, Time is money now, I suppose. Yeah, and a fascinating insight when you when you listen to this, isn't it? Of of what they went through, what they, you know, discussed, and how they were going to do it, and really to get the the back end help from the local farmers who in turn is helping them isn't it which is nice that's right and they didn't have much budget to go and have a fancy marketing campaign or anything like that and as it's grown they've invested steadily in the business and and now they're selling one packet of uh, mash or vegetables prepared every second it's mm. unbelievable yeah a very successful ramsey horticultural society they held their summer show as well uh, i went along to that to see the exhibition of flowers and vegetables and all the the different crafts, which are absolutely phenomenal on display there. So I went there. And also, um, I spoke to some of the people. Obviously, uh, last week we concentrated on the prize winners from the showroom with the livestock and the judges and the organisers of the Royal Manx Agricultural Show. But, uh, of course, I'd gone round the show field as well and spoke to some of the people on the various trade stands. And one of them uh, was Brian McManus with his team from Quest Landscapes, who won the best a large trade stand award and also uh, Jeremy Armstrong very uh, passionate man and showing me all about the old vintage machinery that was on display uh, <laughs> if I wasn't drowned out by the noise so here we go this is this week's Countryside Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual <laughs> well, personally I think some of the Horticultural Society shows on the Isle of Man have had a bit of a resurgence in recent times, and one such is the Ramsey Horticultural Society show, the Summer Show. I popped along to see what was on exhibition at the show, and also spoke to some of the people while I was there. Well, Anne Crane, nice to see you with a different role on you here, President of the Ramsey Horticultural Society. Quality is the name of the game in this year's show, but look of it. Well, it is. Um, we've got a fine show here this afternoon, actually, and um, very pleased because the weather has been against an awful lot of people when it comes to vegetables and to the flowers as well. So we're very pleased with the show that we've got. And uh, I think, as we were just discussing, it's a matter of quality, not necessarily quantity. But it's, it is. It's lovely. And uh, people are turning up and are very pleased by what they see. Always a nice selection at these shows they've got the beautiful flower arrangements that's in front of us here the floral art section which I never know there's an old boot with flowers in things like <laughs> yeah. that it's just the imagination every year is just tremendous isn't it it is and um, one section that's come very strong here now is the handicraft section 
and uh, we're very pleased that the um, Supreme Award goes to a, an item out of the handicraft section this afternoon and that seems to be getting stronger and stronger so it's it's lovely to see the wide variety as you say we've got floral art we've got the vegetables we've got a bonnet class which I didn't do very well in oh, no. <laughs> and uh, eggs and and everything so it's it's really a, a, a lovely local show and we're very pleased to be able to keep it going yeah I mean I suppose that I heard the whisper that the entries may be now a little bit from the younger ones but I suppose it's that time of year it's a little getting to the last weeks of the summer holidays isn't it yes i mean we'd have hoped that maybe the poor weather that there's been in the last week might have encouraged a few to stay in and you know enter the uh, the the junior classes but unfortunately they haven't our timing is perhaps not very good for getting entries when um when they're at school they may be a little bit more alert to it but um Nonetheless, uh, it's down to us to try and encourage those younger members to come through and we're going to have to work a bit harder on that. I mean, there's one or two different names on the vegetables and flower section on the windows this year as well, I noticed. Yes, I have. Um, and that, again, is a good thing because um, it's, it's lovely to see new people coming along and entering and doing very well. So, uh, yes, we're, we're pleased. You know, it's uh, nice to see that people are encouraged by these shows these days. Yeah. What about the... the confectionery section over there have you had the, the pleasure of judging it and being able to taste each one <laughs> <laughs> no but i have to say our judge did taste each each item there this morning and i'm very pleased that she did because uh, uh, it's all right looking at these cakes and different buns and bonnegs and everything else but it's the cutting and the tasting that really shows you whether you've got a good a good confectioner's item there yeah and congratulations as well uh, a relation uh, winner by a, a Lego uh, junior, the Junior Award, uh, a piece made out of Lego, Big Ben, and it's <laughs> nearly as high as the room in here. Yes, yeah, somebody <laughs> asked me if that one was going to be chiming, but uh, no, it's uh, it's a fine tower of uh, Big Ben and one that we're all a bit nervous about knocking into. Yes, <laughs> think she'd be gone if you hit the table, <laughs> but it, it is um, encouraging that. Uh, the young ones can enter this and when they come away I've, I've been here before when they've been awarded these uh, the junior winner sections which is, which is fabulous it, it makes it worth it and may get a chat with a couple of them later well yes it was nice actually um, a mum came in with her daughter earlier on and she was really excited to see her name on the place of the, of the prize cards there as to how you know the fact that she'd won um, not only uh, prize money and the certificate but a trophy as well so it's all good value. Yeah, not quite a thousand pounds for the winner, is it? <laughs> it's not bad for a 20 pence entry, though. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to break the bank, is it? Well, I hope it goes from strength to strength. you got any more shows planned for the year? Well, we didn't manage to have a spring show this year because we've um, our chairman has retired through ill health, and that's Shirley Quay, and we're very sorry to lose Shirley's support, but she's been here today um, giving us some encouragement. Um, and we didn't feel prepared enough to be able to do the spring show but we will be ready by next spring so uh, watch this space and uh, we'll all be down this hall again come March. Well Anne Quigley congratulations you've won the uh, amount of prizes in the jewellery section here and I must admit they are incredible and painstakingly took a lot of patience. Yes they did this one particularly very tiny beads 
and a lot of them. Yes, it did take a long time. I must so, say. so that one there look, just looks like a sort of a large, thick watch strap from, <laughs> from the distance. But you're saying all them little colours are all I beads? Know. They're all separate little tiny beads, yes. And they all have to be threaded and put in the right places. And Yes, yes. Um, I mean, is there a pattern to work off, or is it just yes, something you, you yes. go by? No, there is a pattern. Um, you can make bits up yourself, but yes, there is a pattern. Uh, it's like knitting, you know. Mm. Do you do a lot of knitting as well? No, not really. I mean, I can knit, but I, I don't do anything, no. So how, how many beads do you reckon is on that winning one? Oh, hundreds, mm. yes. I don't and know. You didn't get halfway through it and think the orange one's in the wrong place? Well, the thing about that is it doesn't really matter because they're random, but it can work like that. Yes, you get to the end and you think, oh no, or I've missed one, or, you know. You're not going to take it all apart, though, <laughs> Oh, yes, you, oh, do. Do you? you have to, yes, wow. yes. It's got to be right. And uh, how long have you been making jewellery in particular? Has it been um, always been a passion of yours? No, no, probably, oh, I don't know, quite a while, I suppose, now. Seven years, perhaps. What got you into that? I don't know. I think I probably did it on a craft day somewhere and I thought, oh, this is nice. I, I enjoy this, so I'll do it. And I'll tell you another thing we do. Um, we go to the Czech Republic every September. It produces um, a large percentage of the world's beads. So we go on a beading trip and we go around factories and museums and shops of course and uh, it's it's great fun yes we enjoy mm, that some of the beads i suppose uh, they they be sort of unique compared to ones you can get everywhere else yes they they're different you can um root about and find interesting things you know um those came from the Czech republic and they're all little animals on mm beads. <laughs> yeah, fascinating and a, a double for you because you had success in the Solby show. Yes, yes, yes. I enjoy doing it. It's calming. It's nice. Yeah. Nice relaxing hobby. Yes. Well, well done today. Thank you very much. Let's speak to one of our junior winners then, Trelda Norris. Congratulations. What have you won the prizes in today? Um, my eggs, my fudge, my photos, my biscuits and my cakes. Wow, that's a lot of prizes, isn't it? Yeah. Which was the, the nicest one to win? Probably the one with the photos, because I only did some of them last night. And what about the fudge? Did you make it all yourself? It's quite hard to make fudge, isn't it? Yeah, I had a bit of help with, from my mum, but the rest of it I made myself. Yeah. You didn't lay the eggs yourself, did you? No. <laughs> no. So, do you have hens at home? How, how many hens have you got? 50 and we're getting another 40. Really? Yeah. And yeah. did you show them in, in many of these shows? Yeah. Yeah? We did the Royal Manx. We're, we've done this one now, and we're doing some more after this. And you're going to enter them ones, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well done today. And now you're going to need a bus or a big lorry to take away all the prices today. Well done. Thank you. There you are. Very pleasant uh, viewing it was at the Ramsey Horticultural Society show. And, uh, yeah, I do think some of them have gained in popularity, Kiri, with the entries. There's not been a bad growing year. Uh, some have been a little bit mixed, but I think uh, the majority of them were fairly happy with uh, their 
products at the end of it. But recently, the flowers, they've really bloomed. And, yeah, to see them at the shows is uh, extra special, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I was out uh, picking some blackberries off the hedge the other day, are we? Well, a lot thing. earlier than us. Ah, sunshine up the north. Well, strange on the on the flower theme when we were talking to David Brew the other week about the, the lupins growing, but not quite in the flower variety. But people just trying something new. And you were speaking to uh, somebody who... Also from the farming background has been trying something new and to quite a good success by the sound of it. That's right. When things aren't always going so great on the farm, you always look for ways for div- to, to diversify. And uh, I caught up with Jack Hamilton, a Northern Irish farmer, that when things weren't so great at the family farm, they sat down to have a chat to try and do something a bit new with what they grow. And uh, I caught up with them to find out what they did. It is indeed. It's my first time when I arrived here yesterday, and I think I've seen Ron quite a bit since then. I've, been, I've done quite a few island tours. It's been really exciting to see some of the local food producers here and the incredible work that's going on on the farms around the Isle of Man. But you've obviously got a strong connection with the farms back home in Ireland. It's worldwide now, but it obviously started from a little idea at your farm. Yeah, Maastricht started in, uh, I'd say, in the bottle of a bottle of whiskey, bottle of whiskey and, uh, and a failing farm. So we um, we needed to look at how to diversify very quickly. I'm generation number six in the same farm, so we need to look at diversify or die in the in the farm community. So bottle of whiskey, a few ideas. My dad chatted to a friend of his, and uh, Maastricht was born when we started making champ on the family kitchen table and my first job was peeler back in those days oh, wow. <laughs> so if you've come up through the ranks and obviously now it's global yeah we're now exporting it's bizarre from a small uh, from a small uh, 70 acre family farm uh, we're now exporting to new york dubai hong kong same champ that we're making in day one we're just continuously improving what we do and we now have a range of 40 different products we're stocking around the world and here uh, on the Isle of Man in ShopRite as well. And you've had a look around the Isle of Man, you said, is there room for our producers to do something similar? Obviously, yeah. maybe on a smaller scale. I think on the same scale, you know, it's uh, there's really incredible food here. I mean, I've been around seeing today Roots, I've seen, seen what's going on at the food assembly, I've seen Noah, you know, the, the incredible... Uh, you know, the incredible passion that's here is what we had from day one and that's really all that matters when it comes down to if you've got the passion and the drive you can make it work I mean we started from a failing farm in Northern Ireland I mean Northern Ireland's not exactly notorious for being stable and strong at the best of times uh, but we've managed to we've managed to turn it around both ourselves and Northern Ireland looked at the food and drink industry as something that could really lift the whole country and it's really worked for us the year of food and drink last year was a phenomenal success and promoting the Great Taste Awards as, as something that Northern Ireland does exceptionally well was great. And it's now seeing it here in the Isle of Man, you know, say, chatting to a producer who's got 15 Great Taste Awards in their first year, shows that the stuff, you know, the soil here is fantastic. Yeah, it's something that they can develop and improve on. But you were saying in your talk here tonight at, at the Defra Tent that people can start with a blank canvas. You know, there's social media is a cheap way of getting into it. But investing your time and your efforts, it can be done. Yeah, a blank canvas and a bottle of whiskey uh, is the good thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely can be done for us. It was doing the silly little things of marketing, going out there, plowing a field into saying mash direct from the sky because we were on the flight path. You know, stuff when we didn't have the money to invest in marketing, so we were investing in the product itself. Social media is a really good way, a really low-cost way of doing it. Facebook, Twitter, even Snapchat and Instagram now are a really good way to be in front of a consumer when they're standing at the supermarket shelves, they're looking at a brand, and they want to know more about you. They're able to suddenly look at their phone and say, hold on, they're like 15 minutes down the road and I'm suddenly seeing this video of them farming it, producing it. It really gets the message home and almost gets the gets the taste going in the mouth before you even pick stuff off the shelf. This is true. And you were saying earlier, obviously, in London, people are so busy. They want easy meals. You've done it in a nutshell. 
Yeah, I mean, convenience is key. Convenience, health, and provenance. So people want to know where their food comes from, that it's good for them, and they can make it quickly. You know, you you don't want to put a stick in the frying pan and know that's going to be done in a couple of minutes, and then be waiting 20 to 30 minutes for the mashed potatoes. That's where we found uh, our niche, but there's a huge amount of convenience out there. It's just a case of, you know, hand out free samples. People will get their feedback, chat to them if they say they want something slightly different. Yeah, it's just a case of tweaking here and there. And suddenly, you understand, by chatting people, you understand what they want. And um, it's just closing the gap between the producer and the end consumer is key to the future of farming. Getting out there, like you say, and interacting with people, it's having that confidence. Farmers are not always the most confident people. Like, yeah, I mean, farmers are you know, farmers are incredible at making the most incredible food and then not going out and telling people about it. I mean, there's no good having the best product in the world and it's sitting rotting in the field. You need to get out there tell people about it, shout about it. I mean, we're, we're modest folk in, in Northern Ireland. I can tell there's a huge amount of a very um, admirable modesty here in the Isle of Man. But if you're a modest farmer, what I recommend is find an immodest marketeer to stand alongside <laughs> you and get out and shift the stuff as well. Well, I hope you've enjoyed your time here. And obviously, the passion you have for your business, it comes through here tonight. And hopefully, it's given a little drive to some of our local producers too. It's been, it's been inspirational for me as well to come across and see the really cool stuff that's going on in the Isle of Man. I'll take a lot of things out of, out of my couple of days here and I, I'm really looking forward to being back again soon. I was Jack Hamilton from MASH Direct. Very good story that one, isn't it? And uh, He seems very pleased with uh, what they did because it must be awkward when you're in that predicament where you're sitting there banging your head thinking, what are we going to do to try and earn something and keep going and that's what they did took the plunge that's right and they're so passionate about it and with it being a family business they're all so heavily involved and his mother as the uh, marketing director finding new trade and they're just they're just so enthusiastic and it's worked and with that drive it just shows that people can diversify and do anything if you put your mind to it yeah and the great thing about that what they've done there is that it's helping the other farmers that are in the area, isn't it? Oh, that's right. He's buying up from local farmers in their own county, but also other counties as well. And it's giving them a steady price and, and they know that money's coming in week on week. And also the reinventing potato dishes. You'd never believe how many they have now and using the veggies also. There's people growing for them as well. So it's just brilliant. What are they doing Send them off to Dubai? <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing with them out there? Well, something new, isn't it? It is indeed. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, on last week's programme, we had a comprehensive look back at the Royal Manx Agricultural Society's show. We spoke to the champions on the day from the Grand Parade and some of the judges and organisers of the event. Well, on the day, I went round some of the stalls and stands that were on the show field and spoke to various people, amongst them uh, Jeremy Armstrong from the Vintage Machinery class and also Brian McManus from Quest Landscapes, who won the Prime Award for the stands, the best large trade stand. Congratulations, first of all. Thank you very much. Can't put it all down to me. It's the uh, the guys behind the whole thing that uh, build the stand and the uh, design they've uh, used to put it together. You've got a lot on show, though, for, for people, haven't you? And that's, the, I suppose, the nature of business. When it looks good, that's what people are wanting. Well, I suppose the whole idea is we give people different sorts of ideas. We've got different surfaces here from uh, rubber mulch and uh, playground equipment to resin paved driveways to uh, paved and slab driveways, water features, turf. It's really the whole spectrum uh, of 
landscaping and sort of outdoor living space. Are people a bit more broader in their ideas of what they want for their drives or their garden? I think nowadays people have a, a higher expectation of what they want now. The internet now has brought a lot of information to people. They've got a better idea what they're looking for. And they're always now looking for different ideas. Everyone wants something different as we're now. So the resin paving has been a really good uh, product for us now for the last sort of three, four, five years because people got sick of tarmacking, concrete driveways uh, and brick paving and they want something a little bit different and that's gone very well. Again, another product sort of we've only started to do now over the last sort of two, three years is the rubber mulch for the play areas. Uh, a lot of people like it because one of the blends we use looks very like bark mulch and it's quite natural and sort of these sort of sort of innovative products are are bringing things to two people what they're looking for yeah, and just behind us here you can hear the the water feature here as well with the with the big cobbles in the bottom of it it's an attractive one as well it is yeah again it's something uh, a little bit different uh, where you use sort of a, a sort of combination of sort of different techniques to build this out of wood resin and butyl and stone and it's, it's very different uh, it's built in a sort of um, a compound unit where it can be made bigger or smaller depending on sort of people's uh, size of garden I have. Um, the unit we have here now is very compact and it's a sort of a, a unit you can put in any, any size of garden. I suppose the beauty of yours, although it's a lot of hard work involved in, in getting all these looking absolutely spot on, but I mean can't buy a garden or a setup like this on the internet can you <laughs> no 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 to me and no no you, you definitely cannot no. uh, to be honest it's all about sometimes listening to people it's going and meeting people seeing them where they live and then listening to their ideas maybe over a cup of tea and then uh, from that then it's developing um, plans and uh, ideas which sort of suit their lifestyles because now uh, a lot of projects people they're, they're, they're orientated towards their lifestyle if they're barbecuing, they've got children, play areas, if they're maybe they could be into uh, activities, and everything now is designed towards that. Whether it might be it's entertaining outside with outside dining areas, whether it's um, maybe uh, sunken paved areas that uh, people have got views out of the wind, and there's so many things now. Fire pits, they're just the list is so long, but it's, it's getting something that is uh, suitable for clients. It's not something that I design that I like, it's something that's for the client. Does it surprise you when they say, I'd like this, and you go, hmm, I'm not sure about that, but when you see it finished, it can uh, change your mind? Uh, yeah, well, I always listen to everything. It's, uh, we, we, we've got uh, two ears and one mouth, <laughs> and uh, I, I think uh, I think if we, if, if, if we listen on, on the same sort of uh, ratio, uh, you, you usually come up with a solution. But no, sometimes people come up with innovative ideas, and sometimes it takes uh, it takes uh, an hour or two before I can say yes or no. Yeah. But yeah, uh, a lot of times it does work out, yeah. Well, good. Hope you've enjoyed your two days at the Royal Manx here. and Well done on uh, winning, yeah. because it is a fine display you got here. Thank you very much. It's a fantastic show, and it's great to see everybody here. Well, head over to the vintage machinery section now, and Jeremy Armstrong, a fine selection of, uh, I wouldn't say 2017 models. Well, that one across there is 1922. Really? 1922. It runs on paraffin, starts on petrol, runs on paraffin. We call a puffing petter, which is petter junior. I think the only one on the Isle of Man, but as you see, it's very irregular in its beat, yes. but it's very old. Uh, it came from Derbyshire. Um, the baler across there, of course, that steam part, it's a miniature. You see the uh, traction engine, miniature traction, that's a four inch, uh, four inch to one foot, driving a four inch to one foot Jones baler. Now that baler is an exact copy of 
the big baler, which you can see at the show, say the Southern show, it is, um, uh, that we think, was manufactured by the factory in North Wales as a show piece to take to fairs, you know, to uh, show, um, you know, agricultural fairs. Yeah. Plus they're big one. Um, here we got, uh, you can cut your hair, but you've got no hair to cut. <laughs> <laughs> this one is a sheep shearer with a lister, it's a lister sheep shearer, 1940s. I see. Uh, I, love the, I love the the primitive water cooling on. Oh them. yeah, it's it's just it's just like a, a, a boiler, you know. It's, a, it's open, you know. Uh, water just sits above the cylinder head, and it, and, it, and it evaporates and keeps the engine cool. Now you can see this one here on the corn mill. This one's a bit bigger. This is about. Better not get too close. So we'll go down here a bit yeah, if we can. This, this, this is a uh, a four horsepower Lister. B, the yellow one was a D, it's a bit bigger. Now it runs a cornmill, it's not even working. See the cornmill Bamford, yes. 1940, 1950. And see how, you know, it, we, we make bread out of that that flour, you know. It's actually working today. Oh yeah, it? it's working. And uh, we, we're very kindly, Laxi uh, flour mills donate the, the grain for it. So they donate the grain and we grind. It's not sold at the shops. <laughs> they, they, they have very good grinding machines, the Laxi. <laughs> but we just use their... And we'll just, can we sneak down yeah, here yeah, a bit? Yeah, this is a, well, it might be a bit noisy here, yeah, we'll have to go back a bit. Another one from um, Wales. This one is a, uh, uh, was a, uh, on a farm, pumping water from the river up to the farmstead. It's a, it's a uh, uh, Joseph Evans lion pump. It's a four inch and it pumps, as you can see, a heck of a lot of water. Jeez, yeah. And uh, the water's uh, coloured blue. It's, <laughs> it's not special water, it's just additive in it to make it look so you can see it, you know. But it just cycles it around. Look, the great thing about that that pump that it's got a, a very sort of minor similarity to the to the to the Laxi wheel sort That's of That's right, yeah. exactly the same. Their pumps originally with Laxi and things were the same same idea. Very slow moving, a piston inside, backwards and forwards. And this this engine's driving at a, a thousand and it's reduced by the big pulley there to about a few hundred RPM a minute yeah. and the thing moves very slowly but you can see how much water is pushed out and, yeah. you know it's amazing yeah. do, do take a lot of looking after these yeah oh yeah this one here just quickly for you uh, is a uh, uh, I got from also Wales it's a, it's a, a generator about 1950s um, 220 volt used in a barn to um, lighting and uh, other machinery in a barn in North, uh, South Wales yeah. and I did it up and it, as you see it boils a kettle and it will run an angle grinder you know so it's got quite a lot of power yeah. but it's an old old air-cooled engine air-cooled it's, it's got no steam coming out you know not it's, a Volkswagen yeah that's exactly <laughs> right <laughs> and noisy <laughs> but, yeah. how much interest have you had by people here at the show oh too much yeah uh, we were at the seventh show we're going to the food and whatever it is uh, fair, you know, you know, in Douglas, at the end of August, the food and drink fair. We're taking the traction engine and we're going to drive the traction in with a flour mill. And Noah's Bakery and uh, Laxi flour mills, we're going to grind may, uh, grind corn and hopefully they'll make bread there with it, you know. Right. And we're going to use the, uh, the traction engine driving the corn mill. So, Excellent. you know, it should... 
going back in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for showing us around anyway. No, thanks for coming. Well, a very delighted and enthusiastic Brian McManus and his team from Quest Landscapes, who won the uh, Best Large Trade Stand at the Royal Manx Agricultural Show for 2017. And also Jeremy Armstrong, amongst the background noise of the engines uh, running there, tell us all about some of them vintage machinery that were on display in there. And great to see that they were all running and bits coming off, the kettle boiling off the old generator there. It's Mighty. amazing what they do with them year on year. And I even saw one doing little, the little mini bales of uh, cut grass and bits of straw together. And, oh, it's just brilliant to see it. People were mesmerised by some of that machinery this year. It was yeah, a fantastic well, display. Well, the Kermode going to have any of their tractors in the vintage machinery next year? <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Oh, I just love the old uh, vintage machinery trotting away in the background there. And you were quite fascinated by that old baler that was there as well, wasn't it? That's you were just hoping it was going to pump little chocolates out. I there, wish. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was right by the sheep lines and when we were busy getting the sheep ready, you could see all the machinery and people watching in awe and the miniatures of the old-fashioned machinery is just fantastic and yeah. so well restored. And what an honour it was for me. I don't know if I'm very popular when uh, doing the live broadcast on the show feel I got to go on the, the, the steam engine, the 1903 old steamroller that was there, and I got chatting and distracting. Anyway, we ended up stopped at the top of the field. <laughs> I think <laughs> the pressure had gone or something, but all took in good spirit. So that was another first standing on the coal on the footplate of that. And, and of course, uh, the Ramsey Show, the Horticultural Society Show, um, again, um, just lovely the way they set it out. I think there's an art in even setting them tables out, you know, to make it look uh, so appealing. It's good. A lot of time and effort goes into preparing them, and it's nice to see them getting supported heavily again now, and people encouraged to grow their bits and pieces at home. I think it's really catching on again. Did you get um, a sample of mash from, from Jack? We did indeed. Did you? We did. We got to take some home, and it was rather good as well because sometimes when they're, they're packaged in, in supermarkets, you don't know what they're going to taste like, but you could really taste the, the flavours of the farm. It was a brilliant, brilliant packaging. Well, as long as it's not all the taste from the farmyard, let me tell you that. <laughs> all right, we'll leave it there for this week's countryside. We'll be back the same time next week with more. So, from me, Simon Clark, and me, Kerry Kermode. We'll see you next week. Ta da. Bye bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all new Super Fast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.